Hello, Playdate. This is Don. And this is Nick. And boopity boop, 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 back on the mic. I'm Ryan, eagerly awaiting my endearing sigh. I was trying to keep it quiet while you were talking, but this week we are covering Playdate News. (laughs) Indie Games of the Week. And Season 1, Week 10 releases. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. So, Ryan, you did something on the uh, Discord there. What, tell right. us about it. Totally. So, this brings us to our boop 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 news and notes section. And uh, if you are a part of our Discord server, which we hope you are, um, I illustrated some uh, stickers, some digital stickers that you can use and access on the Hello Playdate Podcast Discord server uh, as you wish. They are uh, headshots. Uh, illustrations of Don and Nick and I uh, speaking our often spoken phrases. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I never use stickers. So thanks for teaching me how to use Discord. Yeah, yeah, cool. I saw you use one too. Good job. And your art's excellent as always. So cool idea. Absolutely. Thank you. Speaking of stickers, though, an actual physical sticker that some people have been uh, wanting to put on their play date is a screen protector. And there were most screen protectors were not available in the United States where most play dates have ended up, but they are all over the world. And there are now screen protectors available in the United States. So one of the most popular brands was Box Wave. And so I saw some random person online say, I wish I had gotten a matte finish. Box wave protector. So I, Don, ordered a matte finish box wave screen protector, and I wish I had not ordered a matte finish. <laughs> so I will say, box wave, the uh, adhesive was great. It does not appear that it's going to leave long term residue on the screen. The fit was perfect, and it was very easy to install. Uh, there were a couple of bubbles that I didn't notice when I was putting it on, but I was able to push them out right away. And uh, I gave it a 10 out of 10 for installation and fit. However, the matte finish makes it look like there's this gray film over the top of it, kind of like a blurry. It just dulls the whole thing. So the the actual graphics are not as dark and not as crisp as they were previously. So it, it is only a $9.95 for a two-pack, but I personally would not suggest getting it. I wanted to get a glass protector, but... Uh, I don't trust unreviewed adhesive on glass and there were no glass protectors with um, any reviews. Even those brands I looked at, there's one called Vaxon that makes a glass protector, but there were no reviews for any Vaxon glass protectors. And I don't want to leave adhesive on the plastic playdate screen. So I'm just paranoid about getting the plastic screen scratched over time for 10 bucks. I don't mind putting a, screen projector on there but if somebody gets a not matte one let, let us know so i've i've got a question i think i must be less particular about my play date than you are don so okay uh, riddle, riddle me this uh if you've got that purple flappy do that yeah. goes over top of it to protect it when you're not playing what are you worried about when you're playing I'm especially worried about a piece of dirt between the plastic flappadoo and my plastic screen Uh uh, scratching in my pocket. Um, I do have a small scratch on my screen, um, sort of near the top. I kind of think it was there since day one. It's very small, maybe an eighth of an inch long. It doesn't bother me that much, but I just don't want that to grow over time. Well, I can, I know, I notice it there. I just want it to look as best as it can. And if there's totally. a screen protector on it, then I don't care if that gets scratched up because I just peel it I'm off. I'm just joshing you. Okay, cool. Interesting. Yeah, I don't want to spend anybody... $400 on eBay to buy another Playdate right now. <laughs> oh, or wait Lord. a year. Yeesh. Anyway. Uh, cool. Well, speaking of waiting for a Playdate, this is a yes. little impromptu news and note I wanted to mention to you guys. Uh, I had been talking to a good buddy of mine about this whole Playdate thing. And he pulled the trigger on one like just this week. And I was so happy for him and asked him about his group number and when they said it was going to arrive. And he said he got, I think it was group number five and that it would arrive in early 
2023. So that's like, hmm. what, six to eight months? Like not a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, we probably waited that long from the uh, pre-order, right? I, I can't remember how long before we pre-ordered until we got it. That sounds about, about right. My mushy mind. Sounds right. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember, Nick. Do you remember? I have no idea. I think it was July. And we got them in and we got them in May or April. I don't remember so when we got it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Either <laughs> way, yeah, that doesn't sound that bad. Twenty twenty three sounds like a long way away, but uh, it isn't that long. You're right. It's We're halfway through the year. You know anyway, yeah. I, I wanted I wanted to mention that only to like give you guys some pats on the back to say, hey, we're 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 spreading the playdate love and it seems yeah. to be working. So good job, everyone. Cool. Nick, do you know do you know anybody besides us that has ordered one? No, not yet. Oh. Get to work. Door to door. Okay. Yeah. We, <laughs> we'll job. we need to get to work. Yeah. Um I also want to mention if you do not have your play date yet, you're still waiting for it to, to arrive. But you do have a modern console, uh, or even a NES or a Dreamcast. Tapeworm Disco Puzzle is included in the Parasite Pack, which is now available on Switch, PS4, Steam, PS5, Xbox Series X, Xbox One. So uh, via low-tech games, you can order that and play Tapeworm Disco Puzzle in color right now on any of those modern consoles while you wait to get the Playdate version. Um, My God, you are nailing you are nailing these transitions, like every single one. I'm very Fantastic. impressed with you this episode. Thank you. I, I drink, uh, I don't drink coffee normally, but I just had, drink, had coffee. <laughs> Boy, we got to send you some more beans. Yeah, I should have been drinking it this whole time. <laughs> anyway, uh, very, very good game. One of our indie picks of the yes. week. And I highly recommend it. Uh, it's actually, I don't know if it's still on sale, but it was it was on sale, the pack with that and Flea for six ninety nine this week so i bit it is very cool to see it on uh xbox the my only gripe is the achievements are a little are a little stiff they're like 10 10 achievements or something just for beating bosses i want to see some some weird achievements i'm a fan of weird achievements anyway though fantastic games and lots of great reviews all over the place so go check them out cool game i'll second that for sure I'll, i'll third it it's fantastic all over the place. Yes. Uh, speaking of all over the place, is that a good transition? <laughs> you can leave your your thoughts about the play date as part of the play date community census. Uh, I don't know if GovBubs, who runs the Playdate Squad Discord and is also a Playdate developer, I'm not sure if he's the one who put this together, but it seems like he's the one who put this together. It's basically a Google survey. And there'll be a link in the show notes. You can fill it out whether you have a play date or not, whether you ordered one or not. You can leave your thoughts there, and they will be shared with uh, developers and with Panic themselves. So take a, a couple minutes. The gentleman here, we're intimidated by the size of it. It is not that long. It took me five to ten minutes to fill it out, and uh, it was it was fun. I don't know. I like filling out surveys. So anyway, it's open just through the month of July. Awesome. Yeah, I was going to let folks know about that in case they were listening to this after July 2022. No, just July 2022. And your re- your responses can be updated. So if you change your mind throughout the month, you can go back and fix it. It is tied to your uh, Google account, I think. So anyway, link in the show notes. And one last thing, something we mentioned a few weeks ago, Ryan had uh, Biotopico as his game of the week by everyday lemons and we mentioned that the game could not be updated because it was currently in the running for the may day mental health jam 2022 it was a a game competition where mental health awareness was the focus of the games to enter the game jam and there was a forty thousand dollar prize pool and biotopico won second place so they won ten thousand dollars that's so cool Yeah, yeah that's awesome and it wasn't just play date games or random itch games huh. uh just just any type of games that that entered so uh i'll post a link in the show notes to that as well so congratulations to everyday lemons that's very very cool great work indeed yeah. even more reason to download this and start planting trees uh, I, I see they're partnered with one tree planted and i'm starting to see more folks do that and I, i'm thinking about partnering with them for my next book project too. I've been seeing that pop mm. up quite a bit. I think that's a great idea. So great work, the Otopico team. 
Fantastic. And they, they posted an update to the app uh, five days ago, so they immediately updated it. I don't know what they changed. I read the uh, update notes, and it didn't seem like they changed much, but something in there got fixed. And they still have more content they're adding to the game uh, over, over time. So one to look at. And finally, last note of news. Uh, if you haven't seen already something that's been talked about a lot in the squad Playdate and in our own Discord, uh, our Playdate squad and our own Discord, Tiny Yellow Machine, everyone's favorite Playdate Twitch stream, has been making these uh, really great creative intros for some of their episodes. And they made one, they interviewed the devs, Chu uh, High Labs, a couple weeks ago. And they made this uh, like really bizarre intro video it's like five minutes long that had to do with chew high and uh whitewater wipeout it has i guess i won't spoil too much but there's animated characters in it and it's definitely worth watching it's really funny they poke fun at uh group five so heads up guard your feelings guard your heart if you're in group five lots but. lots of lovely uh video filters that make things look like one bit uh you know play date type of graphics and mm -hmm. I, I i messaged the host and said you know look i can't even imagine how long this took you to make <laughs> watching this thing it is so editing heavy and even just today on our discord i was i was messaging him about it because he's got another interview coming up this week on thursday uh with strangest.io and uh i said man I think you you set a pretty high, high bar for yourself on that first mm -hmm. video. What are you going to do from here on out? And I think he's just sort of like pacing himself from here on out. But nice work on that first one. Good luck uh, matching it or surpassing it. But uh, but yeah, it was a, a really interesting interview with Chu Hai. Uh, you know, I'm a big Whitewater Wipeout fan, and it was cool to see their snowboarding game and a sneak peek to whatever else that next game was <laughs> this was actually their second video they did one for casual birder that was actually that was really funny too and had anime characters in it um a oh month man or two ago. i need to go back and watch that one go back cool. and check that was another one that was five minutes long or so <laughs> nice Nick's going to have to keep his uh, YouTube dusted off and check that one out too <laughs> good luck <laughs> But you, you did mention something interesting. They are interviewing uh, Strangest.io, and Strangest.io is releasing a surprise, in quotes, surprise uh, smaller game yeah. this Thursday. So maybe we'll talk about it more next week when we find mm -hmm. out what it is. So I'll put a link in the show notes to that, to the, uh, I guess, the upcoming stream. So check that out on Thursday. Fantastic. Well, Good. I have one last nude news not nude. oh my goodness yeah. news, news item. item oh boy we're gonna get extra <laughs> extra downloads this soon. yeah <laughs> and that is uh, oh my god where did it go um tochi 2 senshi came out which leads me to the boop, 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 indie games of the week big guess what my indie game of the week is it's tochi 2 senshi which is a pay what you want game which is bonkers because it's real good. I, I dropped these guys some cash. I hope that you guys will too. But um, if you just want to try it out, hey, it's pay what you want. So uh, I reviewed Tochi 1 several episodes back, and it was this tiny little dungeon crawler that took me a little bit to complete. But after it was completed, I speed raced it and completed it in like five, le less than 10 minutes. Um, Tochi 2 is a really great uh, addition to the Tochi landscape. It's another dungeon crawler, very reminiscent of Tochi 1, but expands on the gameplay mechanics. You can progress up and down levels in this castle type thing that you're traversing. Uh, you can gather keys, and there are multiple different kinds of keys, which there were not in uh, the first one. There was only one kind of key. Um, so it's really just like a bigger, better Tochi. And uh, I've been anxiously awaiting this and it did not disappoint. Uh, I have completed it and I, I don't want to spoil the ending, but I, man, I, I would so like to talk about it, but I won't. Uh, no spoilers. Don has, Don has, uh, you know, advised me many times and I'm actually going to listen this time um, and not spoil things. 
there there are a, a couple of spots that I felt like might have used a bit of smoothing out. One of those things is um, in Tochi One, there is a character named Amori, and I just assumed that was your player name because uh, mm-hmm. it just all of a sudden comes up. But evidently, Amori is not the player. It's this like companion narrator being that sort of accompanies you and you actually find and speak with Amori a couple few times in Tochi 2. So that was sort of a revelation and clarity for me in playing this. Um, the the other thing that I thought was a little, a little superfluous in Tochi 2 was the multi-key system. It seemed like regardless of which key you got, it was going to open a door, but maybe I was just playing in a super linear fashion and whatever key I got opened the next door I went to. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, it that's that was the way it seemed to me. But with all that said, I was extraordinarily happy to play another Tochi. I very much hope there is a Tochi 3 on the way, and I would encourage anyone to... Uh, to try this out. And as one more news item before I stop yapping about this, Tochi 2, Senshi, was on the top of the Playdate page on Itch today, or yesterday, as a matter of fact. Um, So that was really cool for SN Studio to get that top spot, that ranking, to get some more eyes on their game after working on it so hard. So great job, SN Studios. Don and Nick, you probably knew I was going to talk about this. Did you have a chance to download Tochi 2 and play it? I downloaded it. Haven't played it yet. <laughs> oh, Nick. Uh, Ryan, yeah, there's three different types of keys and it shows in your inventory if you hold the different types of keys. Correct. It shows you that you have different types of keys. However, my my minor gripe was that it didn't seem to matter which key I got. It's just going to open any door I go to, but maybe oh. I'm wrong about that. Maybe I, thinking, I just, I was thinking the, 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 the locks on the doors look different, but maybe I'm wrong. Is that right? Huh? I don't know. It, I, it, I played a little bit of it, but I thought it was, it was easier than the first Tochi, but it was still harder than I could handle. I don't know. Those spikes <laughs> always kick my ass. <laughs> Got to get that timing down. Boop, yeah. Boop. Well, the characters don't just move in a, uh, Northwest East South fashion mm. anymore. They can uh-huh. now move diagonally. And that was yep. very tricky too. Look I, out. Yes. Did you use the Amori vision at all? I didn't really understand that. No, I did not. When you push B, how, that. how it inverts the. Oh, right, right, right. Is that what they're calling that? Yeah. So that was another thing that I didn't quite understand is why yeah. you would use that because I, I pressed that a few times, but it didn't seem to like, reveal anything differently and i didn't know if that was just meant for like uh if you see things better in the reversed way then that's for you or if there's actually rooms in tochi 2 that will reveal something differently um don did you discover any Mm. easter eggs like that i i didn't know what it was that vision differently i thought it was a spell or something so i didn't really understand what i was doing i specifically was just waiting to ask you but uh, I don't know. It sounds like you didn't mess with it that much either, Ryan. So you got to get back in there, figure totally. out what, it, what it's all about. Yeah, I've I've reached out to SN Studio about a question or two, and I'll have to reach out again to ask them about that because I I I played with that very early in my Senshi playing experience, and then when I didn't <laughs> see anything different because of it, I just sort of forgot about it. So yeah, I'll reach out again. Well. Something that Nick talked about a couple weeks ago was that game Bubbo, Bubbo Collect. Mm-hmm. And I'm not giving these games enough credit for like being as deep as they are. And I talked to the dev, uh, Gabe Swar, and he said it's okay to mention this. But there's actually a hidden mode in Bubbo Collect where uh, you can find hidden fruits in each level. And some people have accidentally found them. And I didn't even know until the game was over. And he mentioned to me that it was a mode. Uh, and so then I like went out of my way to figure out where the mode was hidden and was able to find it. But uh, it didn't occur to me that even in these little, like to me, they're like these little kind of indie 
ideas that people are just throwing out as quick as possible, not adding like hidden modes. So maybe something like this Amori mode really does add, there's some hidden layer, some extra layer in there that we are not seeing at face value, which is kind of cool. I, I didn't expect it in the other game, so maybe it's in this game. I don't know. Yeah, I'll I'll reach out and, and report back in next week's uh, news and notes. Cool. Tochi 3 watch. Yes. Uh, also highly uh, recommend Bubbo, which uh, Bubble Collect, yeah. which Nick mentioned a couple weeks ago. But uh, man, that fruit mode really added up. And even the times when I did like start to find the fruit, I thought it was a glitch. Mm-hmm. Like I would start to make my way into a wall or something where the fruit was hidden. And I just thought, oh, I clipped into a wall. But no, that's <laughs> of intentional that I just chalked it up to. Oh, they rushed the game out to market too quick or whatever. Out to marketing air quotes. <laughs> Anyway, these games are really a labor of love that I was <laughs> just yeah, big time. not giving yeah. credit to. Yeah. Anyway. Well, hey, speaking of a title that Nick talked about, Bubbo Collect. Mm-hmm. Hey, Nick, yeah. what were you playing for your indie game of the week? Uh, well, I'm glad you asked, Ryan. Uh, I played a game called Split Second, and that's by mm. a developer which I've featured before called Blue Llama. And this is a name-your-own-price game. And it is based on an LCD uh, game of the same name, Split Second. Uh, There are seven different modes, I believe, in the LCD original. Um, But in the Playdate version, only, I think, three of them have been implemented so far. Uh, So there might be updates coming in, uh, in the future at some point. But essentially, you control a circle and you're trying to drive it into um, a, a basket, for lack of a better term. It's it's a small uh, kind of reverse C-shaped uh, area. Three walls, one opening. You, you got to get it in there um, by moving with the D-pad. And uh, the arrangement of the uh, obstacles, there are different walls which appear between your character sprite and the the basket um, have to be navigated around. So the idea is you're trying to do this as quickly as possible and just drive your your time down. Uh, It's like a speed running game, basically. Uh, The different modes uh, that are implemented are kind of a a default one. There's one where you can see the walls, but then they blink off after a short period of time. And then the third one is the walls are totally invisible to start. So uh, obviously those change your timing. Um, You can, uh, I want to say it's been, and pardon me, it's been uh, about a week since I I played it last, but I want to say that the arrangement of the obstacles is static. Um, So you can memorize the position of the different obstacles Mm -hmm. and then, uh, work to reduce your time in that way. Um, I found this uh, game fun. I, I know I always say that every week. I'm sure you guys are tired <laughs> of hearing me say that, but I found this game very fun, and it's it's a different kind of uh, uh, concept. You know, the the kind of speed running, simple, uh, easy to pick up and put down uh, game that I like to feature uh, and that I like to play on the play date. So uh, if that interests you, then uh, Give it a shot, and uh, the link will be in the show notes. That we need game to see again. Your high is... scores. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have a high score beatdown channel in our <laughs> Discord, and uh, I was thinking this would be a really fun one to uh, try to to knock times down and compare with others. Uh, I think that would give this game longevity in particular. So if that is appealing to you, and uh, Ryan, I'm looking right at you, then. Um, <laughs> Uh, give it a shot and let's see where we can go. Uh, game again, split second and developer is blue llama. Uh, Do you remember so, what your times were? Oh, uh, they were obviously the best that they possibly could be, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't billionth oh, of ahead. a second, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. no, I, I didn't have a serious thing. Uh, how about you? Uh, I, I wasn't sure looking at the gif of the game. I did not know how, what this was and it just looked really confusing to me. So I specifically bought it just to play it because I saw you, this is going to be a game of the week and it was so fun. 
it is yeah. super simple, but really fun. My best time was 18 something. Uh, uh-huh. I, I only played a few rounds, but yeah, it, it was really satisfying. I want my son to try it out. Cause I think he'd get uh, hooked, hooked on it. Good yeah, pick, Nick. Your explanation really helped me understand those gifts on their page too. Mm-hmm. Now I'm really interested. But uh, Nick mentioned the high score beatdown uh, channel on our Discord, and I think we have a new shark in the water over there. <laughs> There's a guy, Fecto Factor 13, who just popped in. He's like, "Oh, I just played these games two times, and you know, I'm pretty much beating all your high scores." So uh, I'm I'm encouraging him not to play things like hypermeteor and uh <laughs> what was the yeah. other one I, I i got a decent score on oh yeah one of today's games i won't mention it yet but uh anyway all that to say come to the hello playdate discord server <laughs> and uh and let's have some fun over there i agree this game looks like it would be great to uh to challenge one another on yeah. we're gonna have to block that guy from the, the high score <laughs> uh my game of the week is a game called addled I think it was an homage to, uh, what is this? Yeah, he says it's just a, a little puzzler. It appeared, made a little splash, and disappeared again. I thought it was saying where it was available. Was it a Dreamcast game or something? Nick, do you know? It resembles a Dreamcast game, but no, I I don't know. Uh, it looks like a version of Puznik or Plotting slash Flip Pull, but it's more difficult. I'm not sure. It does have a similar vibe to to other games I've played, but nothing quite works the way I expected. I don't know. So basically, it's a it's a so, puzzle game where you're matching. Oh, so go ahead, Nick. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, so the the itch page says that it's uh it's like a a Java Brew game that used to be available oh, okay. on on uh, mobile phones prior to you know iPhone. Okay. Okay. So it's a flip phone game. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. It does have like really goofy looking graphics, I guess. Uh, well, the graphics are good, but the characters have really goofy faces, like really simple big eyes and mouths on everything for some reason. Um, but the the object is simple. You're just moving blocks around, and then when two or more blocks come together, they disappear. And usually you're only matching two blocks, sometimes three blocks. But if you need to match three blocks and two blocks touch each other, they disappear. And then you got this one block on its own and you fail the puzzles. You got to start over. There are 200 puzzles in here, which is a ton of puzzles. Oh, mercy. Yes. And they're split into little groups of 20, I think, 10 groups of 20, uh, which is really fun. There's animated backgrounds. There's uh, really detailed graphics in like each puzzle. When you, when a, a block ends up on its own, it changes its expression which is really cute there's just a lot of like really cool touches the the instructions are really really good the blocks will talk to you not in speech but a speech bubble will pop up and tell you here's what's going on in this one um the names of the levels also kind of give you a clue like hey this one's called cross out or something okay somehow i need to cross these blocks and there's gravity there's different um gravity to take into effect there's different Blocks that have different functions, like there's fans. So if you move a block on top of a fan, it'll hover. Uh, there's little warp gates and stuff. So if a block moves into it, it'll pop over and warp to the other side of the page. There's a lot of cool little mechanics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game is two bucks and there's just a lot of depth to it. I was having, I was hitting a d- decent amount of bugs and I almost decided not to review it and I was going to reach out to the dev, but I noticed he updated it recently. He updated it about a week ago. And so I went ahead and updated the game and haven't hit any bugs since I updated it. And it's actually running faster. And I noticed that he added some little like loading screen text and stuff like that. So uh, there are so many particle effects in the, in the gifts mm -hmm. on on the itch page. (laughs) Yes, Uh, It's really pretty impressive. uh, All the, all the little graphical flourishes. So I'm looking forward to trying this one. Um, Yeah. Ryan, have you tried this one? No, it looks bonkers though. Like I can't even wrap my head around how to <laughs> make matches yet, but I'm assuming yeah. that since Don said the instructions are good, they are. So instructions are excellent. Nice. It's a lot more simple than it appears. I thought it looked a little <laughs> too much. So I didn't buy this for a couple of weeks and then I finally hmm. was like, ah, I'll try something new. Uh, and it's, it's, it's very easy to understand. From your description, it sounds deep enough where it could be like, a season game it sounds really oh yeah fleshed out definitely definitely yeah, Very yeah. Cool. 
uh, a lot. It just feels like a lot of love was poured into this game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, again, this is addled. It feels like a really like end of the the Game Boy generation type puzzle game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, like Q billion, I guess if you remember stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, I really, I really enjoyed it. So I have not beat all two hundred levels though. Maybe the last <laughs> hundred or uh, ninety or so are terrible. Who knows? Anyway, the first, the first batch are fantastic. So I highly recommend Adult for two bucks. You can't go wrong. Um, very good game. So cool. It'll be in the well, show notes. Check it out. Yes. Thank you for the review, Don. And with that, why don't we head over to our boop, 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 season games of the week, starting with, uh, shall we start with snack? If that's how you say it, yeah. Snake, I was going snack. back and forth. Is it snack or snake? I guess it's there, snack, right? There's not a on the end. Obfuscated, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. This Don, has you a, want to talk to us about this one? This has a lengthy explanation, but I guess... Basically, it's Snake plus Jump. So it's a classic iPhone. It's a classic uh, mobile phone game, Snake. But you can jump. You can jump over your own tail. And then these little apples pop out of the wall and they bite your butt. And they start working their way up your body (laughs) towards your head. And you can jump onto your own body and and eat the apples. And there's several different modes, most of which, I think all of which, just make you go faster and faster. But one of us, one of the three of us, is number one on one of the modes and number three on all of the other modes. Let's see if you can guess which one of us. <laughs> um, also, this is this is made by Zach Gage, uh, who is a very prolific mobile game designer. And I would say this is probably the most anticipated game of the season for people. Well, besides the, uh, the Katamari. I can't think of his name right now. Takashi. Keita Takahashi. Keita Takahashi. Thank you, Nick. Um, maybe besides his game, but Zach Gage is such a big name. Um, lots of people are waiting for this one. Also, art by Nevin Morgan. I should mention that. Hmm. Man, Nevin's been all over these games. Mm-hmm. You see his name come up a lot. Uh, I interviewed his wife, who does the Playdate podcast, the official Playdate podcast. And man, I keep seeing his name all over the place. He must be really integrated deeply into Panic. <laughs> I, I I didn't know his name before all this Playdate stuff, but now I'm seeing it everywhere. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, this this snake game, snack game, whatever you want to call it, uh, sunk its 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 fangs into me pretty quickly, pretty deep, and uh, and I've really been having a great time playing this. Uh, you mentioned it was like an early mobile game, man. I remember playing snake back on monochrome PCs like 40 yeah. years ago. Okay. So, you uh, you know, snake's been around forever and I love me some snake. Uh, but this had some really cool twists and turns on it. Don described it pretty well with the apples sort of munching across the screen in a linear fashion. But if they encounter your body anywhere, not only your tail, but any part of your body, and uh like there's some nuances where you can jump over your body as don said but you can also jump on top of your own body and ride your body which is how you eat the apples to get rid of them as they are munching closer and closer to your head so if you have jumped on top of your body and you're doubled up then apples that are not on top of your body cannot jump on top of your body. They're sort of stalled there, like there's a wall or something. And then when you jump off your body, you could conceivably go through and and nab them before they jump on you. Um, I also really like the mechanic of varying speeds that you're given. There's like, what, maybe five different speeds that you can try the game at. And uh, I, I think that's so brilliant. I'm so glad that was included. Because uh, I, I started on whatever the default one was, but then discovered that there were a couple slower ones and a couple faster ones. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I, I've i really enjoyed this game a whole bunch. Nick, what did you think about Snack, Snake, Snack, Snacky Snack? Snake Snack. Um, I uh, enjoyed this game as well. Um, if you're a fan of Snake, you kind of know what you're what you're getting, but there are some twists which uh, make it unique. Uh, the first, and I wanted to ask you about this uh, expert snake snack player, Ryan. Um, does your snake's body grow as you eat the apples? Oh, yeah. Or is it? Okay. Huh. 
Um, well, that would add an extra layer of challenge. <laughs> um, I did not progress far enough in this game uh, to actually notice that at all. Mm. Um, but uh, so the you know the first <laughs> couple handfuls of apples that you eat uh, don't seem to appreciably grow your snake. But uh, I found this game to be far easier on the faster modes than it was on the slowest mode that you start off with. Um, I don't know why that is. Maybe I just prefer a faster <laughs> kind of arcade experience. But I found that my score was almost identical for every mode. Um, I could not progress past this little plateau that I built for myself that's very low and embarrassing. Um <laughs> in any of the modes uh and the fact that your sn snake snack snake starts off at such a size makes the game i feel a lot more difficult than it needs to be when you're starting um and that's probably part of the reason why i didn't realize that your snake grew in size is because you're already huge when you start um so yeah, pretty big it's not not that big i think it's big enough where it encourages you to try out these new snake mechanics meaning jumping over your body and yeah. jumping on top of your body like so if you can comp you compare that with the monochrome snake though where yeah, you have one pixel sure. to start um yeah. it's it's quite different uh and yes the jumping mechanic is cool and i enjoy it i didn't realize that you could block the apples from climbing on you while you're riding your own body um but I found myself uh, frequently trying to perform these daredevil maneuvers like uh, <laughs> in <laughs> uh, light cycles where, you know, I'm trying to, to uh, snag an apple right before it jumps on my body and then failing to do so. And then the apple is one pixel away from my head. Um, so I had I had some trouble with with that kind of thing. But um, otherwise, yeah, I, I found it enjoyable. It's not one that. I found myself dying to come back to though. Um, so, you know, I'll see how this grows on me over the coming weeks, but um, it's, uh, I feel that the game having a high level of difficulty out of the gate and um, the, um, uh, some of the mechanics build off of each other in sort of unsatisfying ways for me. Um, well, after so, those blasphemous comments, maybe I can give you some uh, some tips to help you. You let me know when you're ready. Sure. I, I'm guessing that your tips involve eating the apples and uh, not letting them touch your head um, because I'm familiar with those. And also the, the jumping mechanic. I, I use that to great effect, actually. I jump over my own body and then snag the apples from the other side before they climb onto my body. Um, I feel like I get the game. Uh, the The problem that I have with it is that it's not a very satisfying game to play for me. Um, so uh, obviously everybody's going to have their own opinion on that. Um, and that's just mine. So um, take that for what you will. Uh, Don, how about you? Well, what did you mean by block the apples? You mean like if you're riding the, the walls? That's what uh, Ryan was saying. If you jump on your own body and circle up, uh, I guess the apples can't get on your body. That's right. So if you jump on top of your body and ride your body, yeah. then you're basically on like a second level, right? Okay. And imagine an apple approaching your body perpendicularly at that point. Yeah. Typically, they would bite you and then start running toward your head. Yeah. But if you're doubled up, they cannot bite you. They just sit there. I see. I missed until that Until that doubled up portion goes away. Because, you know, right. it's, it's constantly moving. Um, but yeah, Don, let's hear your thoughts on Snacky well, Snake. Well, conceivably, you could keep coiling up then? Um, it doesn't quite work like that. But mechanically, I'm not sure if it would, it would work like that. But you're moving around so quickly and in so many directions it typically does not work like that i've never got it to work exactly like that anyway 
Okay. What I mean, do you mean by that? Like, I, I was never able to turn a corner on my body just because I lacked the accuracy oh, and mm. I was playing, you know, super high speeds. Are you saying that you were able to do so, but that you were unable to continue to do so around a uh, circle? Is that a question for Don or me? No, for that's, Ryan. That's for Ryan. The pro. Oh, yeah. So once I jump on my own snake body, then yes. I can ride it and turn corners on my snake body. And in an ideal world, you keep that up because apples continue to bite the end of your body and continue to make their way toward your head. And if you keep riding your bodies, then you just keep chomping on a bunch of apples that are jumping on your tail. So um, one thing I learned from watching my son, which I thought was really helpful, is that you know, first they tell you, hey, if you press the A button, you can jump over your body. Okay, great. But then I watched my son playing when we first got the game and he jumped and then turned midair mm-hmm. so that he mm-hmm. could jump onto his body. So that was an initial big revelation for me. Then I would encourage you, okay, so if Fecto Factor 13 is listening right now, please turn off the podcast. But uh, <laughs> something that I would recommend to you, Nick, is to develop a five button sequence. When you are running across a screen as a snake, and apples are chomping up your body, making their way toward your head, then develop a down, right, up, left, A. Boop, 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 boop. Down, right, up, left, A. What that does is it makes a little circle on your body, and after you make that little circle, you press A, which jumps you on top of your body. Mm-hmm. Then you're riding your body. So I just got in this like thumb circle A motion to jump on top of my body really easily. And that was Hmm. uh, a really big key for me getting, you know, these higher scores. So um, yes, I think it's key to start riding your body. I think that move, if you can get that sequence down, just practice that little sequence. And I was even able to do that with great frequency and great repetitive nature, even on the highest levels. you know, you just circle your thumb a little faster and press A, and then you're riding your body. Then start practicing riding your body and turning on to your body. It sounds like you were only riding your body for one direction. And then when your body turned, you weren't quite able to hit that turn. But I, I think that's really important too. Um, anyway, hopefully that helps not only Nick, but other snack snake players. Um, that's been helpful for me anyway. So, can you triple up and quadruple up? No. If you if you bonk onto your your second level, then you die. Like uh, you hit a wall, kind of. If you try to jump your second body, you'd hit a wall. Well, yeah. So that's a good question. I've never tried to jump from level two to level three. If you try to jump over your body from level two, what would that be? Ground level to level two. That'd be too high, but if you're in level two and you're trying to jump over a level two, could you make it? That's a good question. I haven't tried that. That sounds super complicated. (laughs) I don't know if I could coordinate my snake that well. You, you, Ryan, also mentioned that the apples can't bite you while you're coiled up like that. But you also mentioned that you're able to eat them. So I'm, I'm confused as to how that would work. Sure. While you're coiled. So if apples are on ground floor. making their way toward you. They cannot mount your snake body. However, if they have already mounted your snake body and are making their way toward your head, then you, snake, as you are riding snake body backwards, then you can eat said apples. Oh. So maybe I'm I'm curious now, Nick, when you're riding your body, (laughs) when you're riding your snake body... Are you riding it in the same direction your snake body is moving? Because uh, I would encourage varies. you to ride it. I would yeah, encourage it, you to it's... ride your snake body backwards so you start picking up all those apples making their way in the opposite yeah. direction. I mean, I I do that a lot, but okay. the um Okay. It it's it just depends on what's happening on the screen. I don't like mm-hmm. leaving the apples uh heading towards my snake body. So, um 
you know, I'll hop off of myself. I, I don't give myself the freedom mm. to do that, but I didn't realize that they stopped uh, and waited for you so politely while you're on your own body. So now that I know that, that does change things a bit, uh, but not necessarily yeah. my uh, thoughts about the game. So, yes, um, only on the doubled up portions, like not all understood. of your body is going to be doubled. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I might suggest is to don't pay so much attention to the apples on the ground, but pay more attention to the apples on your body. <laughs> Done. Okay. <laughs> Forgotten. Um, okay. Yeah. I ignored the apples on the ground for one time. Really? After at a certain point I was. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Cause they're not I mean, the they're... ones coming up my head. Exactly. At a certain point, you can't get to the ones that your head either, right? Like, it, yeah. If they like get it's close game enough, over. Yeah. If they get close enough, that's true. So, okay. uh, like I said, boop, 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 down, right, up, left, a. Okay. Get that sequence down, and then you're gonna be money. Like four apples. Facto factor. Facto factor. Can you can you garble this for one particular listener? <laughs> really getting afraid. Yeah. So, Don, <laughs> your thoughts on the game. Because uh, I mean, mine are like one to one with what Nick said. That's why I'm not saying much. <laughs> yeah, this ain't for me. I liked it when it was faster. Uh, not really interested in it though. But I was interested in Ryan's scores, and I think that's where the meat of this podcast should lie. So that's why letting letting Ryan talk. Yeah. Right. Um, but so we have another game to talk about. So anything else yeah. you guys want to add? Uh, let's let's rank it. Let's yes. go. Yes. You ready? So Ryan, this uh, better be number one, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's start with Nick. Where are you putting this? Let's. Uh, I don't want to end w- on a Nick note for this game. <laughs> I would put this at number fifteen, uh, which is above Whitewater Wipeout and below Star Sled. All right. Yeah, I'm at eighteen uh, under Lost Your Marbles and Saturday Edition. Oh this boy, for me, it's all right. Okay, that's okay. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff here is for me. So where you got mm-hmm. it, right? Lots of stuff one? in season one. I'm number one I'm or number zero. Where this, you at? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna toss this in the top half at number nine under Stellfort and over Stars. Let's get that other guy as our third chair. Ooh, ouch! <laughs> Come on, he's got good scores. He doesn't beep and boop, and he actually does good. <laughs> He has legitimate rankings. Well, good luck getting him to make a digital you sticker have, for you. So you have snack. <laughs> he might. I don't know. You've got it below casual birder. You got it below flipper lifter. You didn't even bother coming on the podcast for spell cork. And you got it below that. The, these, these are, <laughs> these are all correct. But again, we, we've said this every episode, the games in season one are extraordinarily are strong. And I know. my opinion is that if you're making it in the top half of season one, you are a gosh darn good game. And That's, I think snack is I great. Know. There are other games that I, I, you know, we could go through this. I could pick these. No, apart, no, no, no. I know Let's you got to go somewhere. Another game here. Come on. <laughs> After all we're right. done with season one, we can come back and nitpick. All right. All right, okay. so let's talk about the next game on our list. Uh, next game is called Sasquatchers. What a fantastic title. I love that. <laughs> Good font, too. Sasquatchers is a turn-based... Wait, did we get Nick's ranking? I don't think we did. We just blew right past it, didn't we? Oh, he no, said I, it before I you said did. it. We oh started off with I'm Nick. sorry, Nick. Nick, you got to speak up more, dude. <laughs> Hello. It's just me and Ryan yelling at each other for half the <laughs> Sasquatchers is a turn-based tactical cryptozoology game. The player controls a team of fame-seeking scientists influencers traveling through an increasingly dark and creepy forest areas, trying to set the best possible angles for photos and video of elusive cryptids. This was made by Chuck Jordan with music and sound by Jared Emerson Johnson. So what did you guys think about Sasquatchers? Nick, let's hear from you first. Yes. All right. So um, I have expressed in the recent past on uh, Gaming on 10 that I don't play a lot of strategy games these days. Uh, It used to be a um, genre that I really enjoyed, but I've kind of put it down in recent years. Uh, Sasquatchers uh, brought some of that that love back, though. I initially found the tutorial stage to be um, too wordy, too lengthy. I guess would be the hmm. thing. I I thought that the tutorial was 
drawn out. And I find that with many strategy games where they are almost overwrought in their explanations for how the game systems work. And um, it takes a little bit. I have to be in the right mood to get into something like that. So I kind of wasn't in the right mood the first time I tried Sasquatchers and I made it through the tutorial and I was like, whew, that was, uh, that was something. But Feeling the I word came, pain. Yeah, <laughs> I finally <laughs> felt some Orion's word pain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I came back to it and I had a great time with this game. I awesome. really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of the tactical choice comes down to how your character um, decides to spend their action points for the turn. And I've been playing uh, a bit of uh, the first Fallout recently, and that's mm. uh, got got kind of a similar tactical system where you have action points and you have to determine how you spend them. Um, in Sasquatchers, uh, your goal is to take photos of these different cryptids, and each stage has uh, different cryptids that you can take photos of and each cryptid uh has different ways that they can interact with your team in a negative way so um there's uh the the larger sasquatch and then they they kind of fart and knock you out um there's a creature from the black lagoon type monster and they can zap you with lightning um there's other uh monsters which i'll i'll leave for uh people to discover on their own but uh the big deal is that only two of your characters starting out can photograph these monsters. So you have to mm-hmm. get them in appropriate positions where they won't be injured, but they can take these photos uh, ideally before they move. Uh, because once you move, your camera shakes and you get fewer uh, likes, which are the currency of, <laughs> yeah. of this game. Um, and if you can get, photos of your team in in there along with the cryptids then you get uh hearts as well and you you want likes and hearts everybody does uh it's it's the social currency um so yeah these uh these these uh these hunters are uh really just blowing the lid off of off of the cryptid industry aren't they because uh (laughs) they're very good yeah, they're they're able to produce you know a dozen photos each uh, stage, and um, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So uh, each cryptid is named as you take their photo, um, which I thought was very charming, and also a good way to represent uh, them on the map. They it, check them off. So your default goal in any stage is to just photograph all the cryptids, uh, but each stage has a variety of sub goals, and you can complete those for extra cash. Uh, which you earn at the end of the stage once you complete your goal. Um, There are a few other cool mechanics, like uh, there are uh, campsites, which are set up all over these forests that you're in, and you can repair them. I don't know why they're all destroyed, but uh, that is the case. Um, One of your team members is super good at repairing them, but getting them in place, they have uh, a lot of defensive capabilities. So, Uh, Getting them in place means that they're not protecting the people who are able to take the photos. So you need to plan your routes and uh, your your movement uh, scenarios so that those people are not left defenseless necessarily, or at least for very long. Um, You also show up in every stage with a van, an action van of some kind, and uh, that can also be moved uh, as with each of the characters so um it's pretty neat uh at at the end of your human turn then the cryptids have a turn and then that's where they can mess you up um so like i said i initially i was kind of turned off by it came back to it loved it uh flew through the rest of it and then was a, a little sorry that there wasn't more content or there wasn't uh you know a, a definite conclusion to the game um so those are my thoughts uh ryan what what do you think yeah this was uh such a fun and clever concept uh i i love how modern they've made this 
cryptid search. I like that it's not hunting. I like that it's hunting with photos. Um, there's a there's a lot of things to love about this. It's 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 really cute, approachable. Once you make your way through the initial word storm, uh, which really, you know, even by Ryan standards, it's not that bad. But um, I, I made my way through that too, and uh, ultimately, I, I'm sure you're hearing the pause in my voice. I felt like the game mechanics were a little too easy. Like I completed mm-hmm. it, and I never stayed in a tent. I never went to the action van. I never replenished life and I made it through every single level. And so to me, it wasn't as fun as I hoped it would be because I didn't feel like I needed to be as strategic as Mm -hmm. maybe could have, the, the game could have forced me to be. But with that said, I love the artwork. I, I love the like panning around when you're taking a picture and trying to get just the right spot. There's these nice parallax effects. There's these amazing like, you know, um, I, I'm still struggling to understand how the game figures out that a cryptid is multiple squares away and appropriately darkens them and positions them and everything like all that blew my mind um but uh ultimately i i felt it was a little easy as much as i love everything else about it don what did you think about this one i think there's so many good games i play most games on easy so i can get through most games so i appreciated the easy stuff i am kind of like nick i used to love on the ds i think it was nick's gonna tell me was it advanced wars on the ds uh yeah advanced wars okay. their final okay. version was on the ds that's that must be the one that i really enjoyed that was like the last tactical game of this type that i really enjoyed dual strike and, uh, dual strike yes a lot of them i just bounce off of and that was the last one i really enjoyed so this kind of reminded me of that but because i haven't enjoyed one in so long i was like uh oh, one of these games i don't care and then i get my games a week before you guys and so initially there was it wasn't I wouldn't say it was overly wordy, but I was just like, whatever, I don't care. There's so much text. And so when you guys got it this week, I just started a new game. I went through the the text Mm -hmm. again and there wasn't that much text, but I was ready for it too. I was like, oh yeah, I already know, you know, this is cute. Um, I'm ready for the story. And I was kind of ready for the tutorial. So when I finished my tutorial mission and I unlocked the second mission, I was like, no, I want to keep, like there was more uh, cryptids in there. Like I want to, I meant to go take a picture of that guy. Like he's still over there. Why did you kick me out of the mission? I don't want to complete the mission yet. I want to get more money. So I liked that there was more to do and I wanted to keep doing stuff, but there's also more missions. Like I, mm-hmm. I like that there was more missions to do. Um, I love the way the crank is integrated. Like Ryan was saying, where you're panning the camera back and forth. Yeah. It was a little annoying when there would, Technically, on the screen, you could see more cryptids, but it only gave you credit for one, even though yeah. you could see like three of them technically in the screen. And with as bad as Bigfoot photos are in real life, these would be like fantastic <laughs> 10 out of 10 photos. Even the little sliver of one, you can still tell it's a Bigfoot or whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, I would differ with you slightly there. I thought they okay. did an amazing job of understanding when things were slightly obscured and giving you credit for it or not. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I had different uh, De- angles that I was working with than you did. But De- uh, depending on how they're arranged, like if you had cryptids arranged in a box around the photographer, mm-hmm. so all of the squares are arranged, you know, anywhere you turned, you would be able to view at least three of them, but it would only give you credit for one or two. Yeah. Uh, Even if they're not obscured by another... Correct human huh Mm -hmm. i get i get that like you can only see half of one because a tree or something is in front of it but Mm. me comparing them to actual (laughs) Loch Ness photos in our real life it's like those are garbage compared to i can see (laughs) like the clear outline shadow of one here so why is it saying there's no kiss yeah (laughs) why is it saying there's no cryptids in view i can see the body right there yeah um that was a little annoying but i do like like how ryan was saying it it is cool when there's like three in an L shape around you. And when you go into photo view, Oh, there, here's one, here's the other one. Here's the other one. Yeah. Like it's cool that they're all represented and the van over there or your other 
uh, teammate is over here. They're all represented when you go into camera view. Camera view was really fun. And I think mm-hmm. that instead of just like pushing a bomb button or shoot missiles or something, mm-hmm. it, this was a lot more fun than just blowing stuff up. Yeah, uh, for sure. The characters were fun. Um, I like the Bluto looking dude was really cool. They're just really different. It was a, a, yeah. a diverse team. Um, it was fun to get to know them. I don't know. There wasn't really anything that bothered me besides I wish it. I wish it had a Dead Rising style camera system where every little thing gave you points, um, which is a minor nitpick for, you know, this type of game. So I thought it was really cool, especially the genre that I normally don't like. It was making me enjoy it, which is high praise, I think. Yeah. Um, The only uh, small pick I would have with it would be that when you're moving your character, it was kind of hard to see the outline of your movement area, depending on your light conditions. Um, mm. The arrow is very clear, but mm-hmm. in some instances, if there's an environmental obstacle, it wasn't necessarily clear if that was because you were out of your movement range or because there's something that you can't see or you know there's a big rock there that you can't clamber over for some reason. There were several instances where I felt like the game was unnecessarily gating me uh and preventing me from moving um but those were mostly in later stages where there are a lot more cryptids running around and so it's quite possible that there was a situation where you you know there was something that was invisible um the other mechanic which we haven't talked about from a strategic standpoint are the batteries um so each uh piece of equipment that you can use to take photos like a cell phone or uh, a camera can has an alternate <laughs> uh, fire method for lack of a better term where it can expend part of its battery to do something like show you a few squares away or um, illuminate the surrounding area when you do that it uses up battery when you use all the battery then you can no longer take photos um, supposedly I thought you would be able to recharge at the action van but uh, I was never able to get that to work. Um, it seemed to work for me. It did. You it, have to be never... one square away. I mean, yeah. You have to be right next to it. So it recharges your health, and that happened all the time. But if my device was broken or if the uh, battery was gone, it wouldn't recharge for me. So I don't know if that was a huh. bug or... Maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing then. Or what? I'll, well, I'll I pay more attention. Tutorial said that that's what should happen but i only i ran into that situation twice and i was like okay i'm gonna be more careful from now on (laughs) and stop trying to uh illuminate the the general area i even used the cameras to illuminate and run out the battery but even so i never needed to charge batteries i never needed to recharge life (laughs) like any of that i i don't know i just felt like it, it was i was sailing right through the game i'm like is this right you know i i kept progressing i kept getting money i kept not needing to stay in tents or visit action vans so i only did it because i was happened to be standing next to it i never really needed to i initially i thought the maps would be larger so i started spreading my Mm -hmm. team out a whole lot um Mm. and then once i realized that actually things are a lot closer together and uh, the the larger person has the ability that allows them to call the mm-hmm. cryptids to you. There's almost no reason to to move around in that manner, um, unless you're getting just pummeled by the cryptids. But uh, the same character has an ability that allows them to uh, um, kind of knock out the cryptids in the surrounding area. So, uh, as Ryan said, the the lack of actual strategy is is a bit of a bummer. And I feel like if uh, there were more stages or more um, options, uh, <clears throat> that uh, aspect could have been mitigated, but. Uh, so that's watchers too. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the deal. Leaving it open. Um, and real, uh, real quick before we jump into rankings or anything, I did want to mention to jumping off of Nick's comment saying that he thought the map was a lot bigger initially. Uh, I kind of assumed that too until I realized that you could kind of like pan around the map and like hit the outer edges uh, before mm-hmm. you move your your, yeah. your team. 
so I tried to like explore the area first before moving, um, just to let that's, people know that's a thing you can do. That's what I ended up doing as well. So it's got fog of war though. Yeah. Uh, one thing Nick mentioned, I think you mentioned um, not being able to see your your movement pattern in low light. I think that is a playdate problem that devs are going to have to figure out. Uh, a heavier outline would be would solve that problem. I know Nick had to leave, but uh, I've seen that in a lot of games where where your cursor is at is not properly or not clearly designated. And I think that is just something devs are going to have to work towards. Yeah. Just like on, on modern consoles where instead of an outline moving, it turns from white to gray instead of, you know, an outline, yeah. an outline it, devs are going to have to work towards that. I like how on the uh, homepage on the Playdate homepage, you see how the, the Sasquatch is circled on the bottom, that heavy mm-hmm. black line. They could have easily done that on the yeah. screenshot above That's- it indicating where your player is standing for example um little quality of life things like that hopefully will come into effect as as the play date gets older yeah all right are you all ready to rank this i hope so i'm ready to go (laughs) all right um i'm gonna start if that's okay um i would put this uh above zipper but below lost your marbles so that's number 11 for me pretty close to the top half not bad uh Mm -hmm. i'm gonna put this one at number 15 below boogie loops and above saturday edition all right and i've got it at number eight right under demon quest 85 right above executive golf dx nice very cool yeah cool game and again so much variety here so i love that nothing like this in uh, season one yet so fantastic yeah Mm -hmm. and i Again, this is a frequent refrain here, but I also love that our ranking systems are so wildly different from one another. Yeah. It's like, you know, hopefully really listeners fun. can uh, take a look at these and see, oh, I, I like Don games or I like Nick games or what, whatever. And kind of go from there. It's, I, I'm right. glad there's variety. Hopefully there's a different too. If you have Indeed. your own list going, feel free to share it with us. Yeah. We'd love to see that in the Discord or email or whatever. Yeah, and where can they find us, Don? They can find us, playdaypodcast.com or uh, uh, Hello PD Podcast at, on uh, Twitter. Or, you know, check these show notes. All that stuff is in there. All our different socials. 20 games we've reviewed so far. Ooh, Amazing. Wow. Only a Four couple left weeks to go. to go. My yeah. goodness. Bittersweet. Seriously. We'll have to think of something else to talk about on show number 13. And we we did our first sequel this this season with uh, Tochi Two. Tochi first Two, se- yeah. <laughs> Playdate's already got sequels. What the hell? Woo. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you, SN right. Studio. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, guys. We Thank will you. catch you next week. All thanks right. so much for boop, listening boop, boop, too. Boop, 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 boop. Bye, guys. Bye, 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 bye everybody. <laughs>